Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and women's life coach, where I help women to harness the power of their period and connect back to their true superpowers. In these episodes, we'll be talking about all things periods, vaginas, hormones, women's health, sex, confidence, food, femininity, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't seem to have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are too afraid to say, but everyone is thinking. Hello everyone, welcome back again to another episode. Um, I'm really excited to be here today because I've just actually been for a little swim in between clients, which is really nice. I'm jetting off to New York very soon. I don't know when I'm going to fit this podcast in, whether I'll pop it in before I go or after, Um, but anywho, I might need to put in a few this week or something like that um, just to get everybody up to date with things because I kind of like doing them a little bit live-ish so I can give like life updates as well. Um, So I guess one life update is I do need to go in for another surgery for my knee. Um, If you haven't watched my YouTube on my ski accident, that hopefully, but I don't know about... I'm very bad at doing things sometimes that aren't like high on my priority list. I'm, I've put together a YouTube video basically about all my ski accident and everything that happened. So um, make sure you go and watch that. Um, I'll put the link in the description below. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know when it's up because I'll put it on my story. But um, I do need to go have my third operation on my leg, which is a bummer, but I'm also really excited because it means the metal's coming out. It means the pain is going to go away because I'm like constantly in this like fight or flight state from the pain, which I'm super excited about. Um, and I had an MRI done the other day and my physio told me last night that my bone is still bruised on the outside of my knee. So I had the ski accident on the inside of my knee and it's still bruised on the outside, which is wild. It's been like over a year since the accident and my bone is still bruised. I was like, wow. Anyway, so I have to also get, um, I've still got like quite a lot of, there was something around there. It's like where you have like you, like you, your body makes um, scar tissue in the joints or something. And that's why I get like excruciating pain still in my knee and it cracks all the time. So might have to get another up done. No, I do need to get a clean out done probably with that as well. But um, anywho, you know what? Sometimes you just got to do what you can do so you can get out of pain. Um, and this is one of those things where no amount of turmeric is going to fix the problem quickly. And I want it done quickly because it's pretty painful. Anyway, let's go on. So I, tra- uh, what's the word? I trans, I don't know what the word is. I can't think of the word, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I digress, I, di- I digress. That's the word. Glad Monica found it. Okay. I digress. So today I'm talking to you guys about the lowdown, the intro lowdown, because there is so much to talk about on this topic of the fucking pill. Now, just to preface, this is not saying that you absolutely should not be on the pill and like you are a terrible woman if you're on the pill. No, we are not saying that. And I'm never saying that like you can never go on the pill. Like you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. My job here is to educate you so you can make informed decisions because the problem is that doctors don't give us all of our options. And if you are on the pill because of um, you want hormonal contraception, then make sure you go and watch my um, fertility awareness episode. So that was my last one, I think. Um, and it was about, uh, it was called, um, you can't get pregnant at any time of the month. So make sure you listen to that one. Cause that's an important one. Um, to understand that you don't, you can't get pregnant at any time. Like it's hard to get pregnant. You need to know that. And you, so you don't need to be on the pill. Um, and then also if you're doing it for hormonal imbalances and make sure you listen to like my second episode about period problems. Um, and I will do lots more episodes on specific period issues. But that was like a general overview. And I feel like I just really need to fucking bite the bullet and get in and quick on this pill issue because it just freaks me out how many women are on it and then how many women have kids straight when they come off it and I mean 
just jumping on the kid bandwagon for a second, if you look at kids these days, a majority of them have some sort of either like ADHD or they've got some sort of mental like problem or concentration issues or they have asthma or eczema or some gut issue or super moody. And you, then you look at the amount of women on the pill and the two are just like undeniably correlated. It's it's scary. Like one of the um, stats actually that I um, was doing a whole pile of research before this just to make sure that I had all my stats and everything. Um, and it is scary the amount of women that are on the pill and then the side effects that comes for their kids. So like just for example, research has actually shown that maternal use of the pill in the three months beforehand of getting pregnant, that is, was associated with a 46% higher risk of leukemia in children compared to women with no use. Okay, during and use during pregnancy, so falling pregnant on the pill, which happens to millions of women every year, that was associated with a with a 78% higher risk of any leukemia in the offspring. Like, that is scary. I mean, the pill has been grouped into a class one carcinogenic. You know, other stuff that are in there are like seriously bad chemicals, smoking, like cigarettes, really, really fucking dangerous shit. And the pill is in there. Like, does that not say enough as it is? It's a, it's classified as a class one, class one, class one carcinogen, which is absolutely scary. So, but the main point of this, of what I want to preface is that sometimes I can come across like pretty strong. That's my personality, which I'm really excited to dive into in my Badass Bitches Academy. We're going to dive so much into like personalities, astrology, your Enneagrams, that sort of stuff, because it's really amazing to know your personality so you can like know your strengths and weaknesses. Anyway, whatever. I'm not going to talk about that. So the pill, there is no judgment if you are on the pill or you have been on the pill. I was on the pill. Okay. I have been on the pill. I was on the pill. I went on the pill because I was told that it was going to fix my period issues, blah, blah, blah. If you haven't listened to my first episode, which is like the about me episode, you can listen to that. But I was on the pill. There is no judgment about being on the pill because I didn't know. And the thing is, that's why I'm here, right? Because majority of us don't even know the problems of being on the pill. So there is absolutely no judgment. It has given us a lot of freedom and power about our sex life. It's just about making informed decisions. Okay. So Let's just jump on to why the pill is bad for you. And then we've also got some Q&As, which you guys put in my Instagram story um, around the pill and some questions you want me to answer, which I will answer towards the end. So make sure you listen out for that in case you put a question in, but also they're really good questions and you might also relate to them. So firstly, all drugs taken orally are first delivered to the liver before in- entering general circulation. And the thing is years of daily, daily, not like the occasional aspirin every now and again, years of daily pill consumption is fucking toxic for the liver. It is a really considerable load on your liver. And it's like I said before, and it's now a class one carcinogen. So your liver is getting clogged more and more and every single day, the more you pop that pill, which is causing the estrogen dominance, causing the heavy periods, causing the inflammation, causing so many different issues with your body not being able to detoxify and creating serious inflammatory, stressful responses on your body. I mean, A study in the Journal of the American Medical Association, it was done of over 1 million women, and it shows that women who began the pill were more likely to be prescribed an antidepressant, which just says enough as it is, like, because depression is linked with all of the gut issues, the immune system issues, and um, just general whole body inflammation, and the pill literally contributes to that. So it's absolutely no wonder why there's such a high correlation. The pill has also been associated with an increased risk of autoimmune disease, heart attack, thyroid issues, adrenal disorders, all the gut function problems, the immune system function problems, hair loss, depression, um, insulin resistant PCOS, um, 
so many different fucking things. So another analysis of a large number of studies on the pill, which was published in the medical journal um, The Lancet, found that the use of the pill before the age of 20 doubles the risk of breast cancer. Let me just rewind for a second and reread that for you. The Lancet, which was um, an analysis basically that was done on a large number of studies on the pill, so it was a really good analysis that was done, um, it found that the use of the pill before the age of 20, aka me and maybe probably you, doubles the risk of breast cancer. Then you can put that in conjunction with like, you know, some alcohol every now and again, toxic load from like fucking petrol, radiation from x-rays and whatever, and going, you know, through security. Um, You're flying, flights have a lot of radiation. Um, You put skincare on that's full of fucking toxins. Um, So all of those other estrogen loaders that also contribute to breast cancer. I mean, hello, it's horrendous. The pill, what's actually even scarier really is because like all of these issues that you see with the pill, they benefit the economy in some way or another because people have to pay more for the antidepressants, for all the other fucking shit they have to get done whilst they're on the pill. So basically, and all the other period problems women get from either being on the pill or when they come off the pill. So the pill and hormonal contraception is a big fucking business globally. And in fact, hormonal contraception actually had sales of about US, I think it was, it was, yeah, it's about $1.7 billion every year, every fucking year in the US alone. That's just the US. That's not even Australia. So these drug advertisements, and you see them all the time about, um, you know, like, get rid of your cellulite or like, I don't know, fucking, you know, get rid of your headaches or get rid of the cold or like whatever. They do monetize off our problems. So if we didn't have problems as humans, a lot of companies wouldn't be surviving because people monetize off their problems. Hell, I monetize off your fucking problems because if you didn't have period problems, you probably wouldn't be coming to me. If you didn't have confidence or body image or standing in your power or boundaries or all the other stuff I do my life coaching on, you also wouldn't be coming to me. So like we do benefit off problems, but I guess I'm benefiting in that I'm wanting to make them better for us. Like I say to people, my job is to make myself redundant. If I haven't made myself redundant with a client, I've done something not so well, or like they haven't gotten the results they should have gotten. So I guess with the drug companies, they're not fixing a problem per se. They're putting a bandaid over it, or at least I'm fixing a problem. And we're not going to go into some like fucking rant about that, whatever. Um, So basically the drug advertisements, they aim for us to have horrible periods so that we can look for quote unquote helpful solutions to our issues. But they, as we know, they're just a bandaid to the actual problem. Another thing that's wrong with the pill is that the pill and other hormones are contraception as well. So the things like the IUD and that sort of stuff, they deliver, I mean, they're all, the IUD and um, the implant and stuff, they're a little bit different, but just if you have them, generally they're all the same in terms of like liver loading, estrogen dominance, um, they're throwing out your moods and your hormones. Like the bottom line is it's still disrupting the communication pathway between your brain and your ovaries. So your body is not working optimally and it's going to cause fucking problems because our body is meant to work all in sync and every organ is meant to be switched on and communicating with each other. So the pill and other hormonal contraception delivers approximately four times the amount of estrogen and progesterone naturally occurring at the peak level in the menstrual cycle. And FYI, they're not even bioidentical. Like they're um they're pregnenolone and then the estrogen is not estradiol. It's found in that we that we make in our body. It's different types of synthetic estrogens. They're not the same estrogens. You can get bioidentical progesterone cream that women use like during um, like menopause or like pregnant women use as they have really low levels of progesterone and that's bioidentical and you can get actually a natural form. But what I'm speaking about is the shit found in the pill and like other forms of hormonal contraception. So in case you're wondering, 
Um, hormones are generally measured in parts per trillion. So in order for us to collect a teaspoon of estradiol from a, from a woman, which is our naturally occurring estrogen, we need to distill the blood of 250,000 women of childbearing age. A quarter of a million women of childbearing age, we would need to distill the blood of all of them to get one teaspoon of estradiol for women. That's how little the estradiol is in our body because it's measured in parts per trillion. So this gives you an idea of how finely balanced our hormones are and then that the pill, obviously, and the other hormonal contraception, not only can it very easily mask the sign of hormonal imbalance, but it also throws everything so out of whack that even when you come off it, your hormones are going to be fucking everywhere because they have been the Band-Aid is like the biggest Band-Aid you could possibly find that slammed on like a fucking paper cut. That's actually a really good analogy. So basically the pill is this giant ass Band-Aid that could fit like a fucking elephant and they're putting it on a paper cut because that's like the ratio between our natural occurring hormones and the hormones in the pill. And of course, in the pill and stuff, you've got different levels of the hormones as well, like how strong they are, the high, how high the dose is, that sort of stuff. I'm just going to get a drink of water one sec. It's probably nice if you have a break of me doing my really fast talking. Anyway, um, another thing with the pill that really is like, you know, not like it's just like alarming is that during our cycle, our whole entire body changes, right? Every, you know this, like, and I was talking about this in my exercise podcast about like our metabolism changes, our body temperature changes, everything changes and every organ is affected in that change. And the pill alters at least... 150 bodily functions and affects every single one of your organs. Mic drop. It affects at least 150 bodily functions and affects all of your organs. Like if that's not enough to just go, what the fuck? I don't know what is. So in case, um, also if you're somebody that's got like, you're like, oh, I wonder if the pill is doing damage to me. Put it this way. The pill does damage to every single person. Like I just said, it affects every organ of your body. Sometimes it takes a while to see, but often what can also happen is women go on it when they're so young, they don't even know what their body's meant to feel like. So they think how they're feeling is just normal and part of being a woman. But as we know, there are so many issues women deal with when they come off the pill. You've got like missing or irregular periods, light or heavy periods, short cycles, infertility, headaches, digestive problems, leaky gut, dust gut dysbiosis, inflammatory bowel disease, energy reduction, fatigue, adrenal and thyroid dysfunction, skin issues, hair loss, dry skin, mood disruption, depression, anxiety, lady parts disturbance, problems like vaginal dryness, low libido, chronic infection, pain with sex, vitamin and mineral absorption, you know, um, antioxidant depletion, the depletion of folate, B12, B2, B6, magnesium especially as well. So, you know, thyroid problems, there are so many different things how the pill affects you. And the problem is the pill doesn't ever fix your period. It never, ever, 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 ever is going to fix a hormonal problem or bring your period back or anything like that because even a period on the pill is not a period. It's a drug-induced bleed. The pill basically shuts down the conversation between your ovaries and your brain. So it's no surprise that when you stop taking the pill or when you start taking the pill, you may encounter serious challenges with reestablishing that connection. A lot of women find when they come off the pill, they really struggle to get their period back, which it makes total sense because the pill or um, you know the implant or whatever has literally, or the shot, has literally shut down the connection between your brain and your ovaries. 
The pill also sabotages your thyroid. Um, it intensifies the risk of blood clots, which leads to strokes. It increases the risk of breast cancer, cervical and liver cancers, increases the risk of diabetes, raises the risk of heart attack, triggers autoimmune disease. And the problem for me is that is the most alarming part, and hence why I like really want to make this podcast episode, was that doctors... Have you ever, if you have been in a doctor's office where they've gone through this giant ass list, please tell me the doctor's name because doctors will not go through this giant ass list because you know what a lot of the time they think of is, oh, well, that's like, you know, like it's not going to happen to you. It happens in like one of, you know, like a hundred thousand women. But what if you are that one? You know, like it's actually not rare where people, women have died from being on the pill because of blood clots and stuff. Like what if you are that one? In my mind, why risk it when you're not actually going to get any benefit from the pill? A lot of women think it means that, oh, they're not going to get pregnant, but there's other ways of avoiding pregnancy. You know, the extended use of the pill also destroys your gut integrity. So you're going to have serious gut issues when you come off the pill. It causes inflammation. It alters your microbiome and it ultimately creates so many issues with immune regulation that it can spark an autoimmune um, disease. And you'll have to deal with that for a much, much longer time after you come off the pill. And like, why risk that? You know, there's a 300% increased risk of developing Crohn's disease if you take the pill. Three. 100% increased risk. So in my mind, please don't take it or at least really, really think about the benefits that you're getting and if they outweigh the, um, the pitfalls, because in my mind, they absolutely don't. So a bit about the birth control pill. Um, the birth control pill basically delivers a large dose of both synthetic estrogen and progestin through the entire month besides the sugar pill, um, which is those little pills that you don't actually need to take. They just like give you that drug-induced bleed. Um, and this is absolutely nothing like a normal cycle. So the increased dose of hormones from the pill, what it does is it suppresses the pituitary, which is a part of your brain, from releasing follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. And this is how it prevents ovulation. So the brain basically perceives that there is more than enough hormones, so it diminishes the signal that would that would demand the body to make more, and this is called the negative feedback system or the negative feedback loop, and this means no brain hormones, no natural hormone rhythm, and no ovulation at all. So when you take the sugar pills, you're not getting a period because you didn't ovulate. It's a drug-induced bleed. The mini pill that is progest- progestin only stops ovulation by about 60%, but it still is enough to prevent pregnancy. And as long as you're on the pill, your brain and ovaries aren't talking, which can seriously affect all your fucking hormones. For God's sake, like studies have shown that women who are on the pill can experience major changes for their cycle for sometimes years, years after taking the pill. It did for me. One study found that the average time for an ovulatory cycles, and that means when you have a cycle and you didn't ovulate, was about nine months. Nine months, the study found that the average time of, have, of women having an ovulatory cycles after the pill was nine months. Other studies have shown that it can take longer than expected to get pregnant, years. Absolutely, it can take women years to get pregnant when coming off the pill. Um, and so don't fall into that trap of like, oh, well, that's not going to happen to me. You don't know. You know, jumping back to the depression thing, you're more likely to have postpartum depression as well. And if you if you have a depression that runs in your family, you're much more likely to turn that gene on. So women taking the combination pills, which is the estrogen and progesterone, the synthetic version of those hormones, were 23% more likely to be, to be described antidepressants because of that increased gut and liver inflammation and um, immune dysregulation, which causes the depression. 
Um, teens were 80% more likely to develop depression when taking the pill. Women taking the progesterone-only pill were 34% more likely to be described as antidepressants. Teens taking the, the progesterone-only pill saw a two-fold increase in the risk of depression. Women use, who use hormonal contraception have a three times have three times the risk of suicide. Another mic drop. Basically, the pill causes depression and it is absolutely undeniable and you are so much more likely to get it or get an autoimmune disease if you have that running through the family because you can turn those genes on. Much like you can not turn a gene on and therefore you won't get the autoimmune issue, you can very easily turn that gene on and guess what starts it? The pill can start it, which you really don't want. So um, yeah, that's basically that. Um Basically, also what happens besides, I'm saying basically a lot, sorry. Um, what also happens besides the inflammation and the gut disruption and stuff in the pill causing the depression and the anxiety is the pill also depletes so many nutrients crucial for brain health. The pill also lowers testosterone. It disrupts your thyroid and adrenals. It causes leaky gut, which I've already said, messes with your microbiome, and all of these things can make you feel depressed. It especially affects your um, vitamin B absorption, which has also been linked to depression and anxiety. So... Research is also showing that women on the pill experience a decrease in the neuroprotective molecules that protect the brain cells and an increase in the neurotoxic chemicals that, that destroy brain cells compared to women who do not use hormonal contraception. So basically, this means that being on the pill is fucking bad for your brain, so don't do it. Um, the pill, so besides the B vitamins that the pill also de de depletes, it also depletes folic, um, folate, which also like folic acid, um, which is the B vitamin, magnesium, selenium, B2, B6, B12, C, E, zinc, um, and that's also all because it also lowers um, the antioxidants, in, all the antioxidants in your body, such as the enzyme CoQ10. Um, and because of all of these nutrient depletions, it's really important that when you come off the pill, you start taking supplements because your body is so depleted. I'm not a supplement queen, but when you're coming off the pill, you do need the supplements because just food isn't going to cut it. Like your body is so fucking depleted. And this is why falling pregnant with like coming off the pill really quickly is so fucking dangerous for you and your baby because your body is so depleted of nutrients. Not only is it going to affect you in the pregnancy, but your baby is not going to be getting all the nutrients it needs for a healthy neurological system, for a healthy spine, for a healthy heart, heart lungs, kidneys, all that stuff. Like it's just so important. And you know, so many women um, birth kids that just aren't 100%. And not only does it become a hassle for you as the mum, but that poor kid has to also live with that for the rest of its life because you did want, want to be on the pill. And I'm not saying like that you shouldn't be on the pill, blah, blah. I'm just saying this education aspect is so important because you do not want to be falling pregnant straight off the pill. If you come off the pill, you want to be leaving six to 12 months so that you can really get your cycle back. You can get your nutrient stores back up so you can have a healthy kid for your sake, for your wallet's sake, and for that beautiful baby's sake. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, but also what I wanted to say was that what's really sort of heartbreaking to me is that, sorry, I'm a little bit sick, so I sound a bit nasally and blocked up, so just excuse that. What's really heartbreaking to me is that the pill, um, it decreases your libido and it can actually um, wreck your libido for life. So a lot of women will have decreased libido on the pill and it won't actually return back to normal when they come off the pill, which is horrible. And it's also horrible because um, it's double as horrible, I should say, when young girls like 15, 16 years old go on the pill and they don't even know what like a fucking real libido is. And so their libido is immediately shut down. 
And then they don't understand why they don't want sex as much when they're 24 years old with their boyfriend. And they think it's normal and they think their boyfriend's being annoying and frustrating and a dickhead and he's like so horny, but we should be horny too. But the pill has shut us down and we don't even know what it's like to feel normal. So we grow up with this feeling of like, this is what it's like to feel normal. This is a normal sex drive and it's really sad and it does affect the men in your life. Like being on the pill ultimately does affect other people in your life. It does affect the relationships you're in. It does affect the man, your man, because if you're moody, if you're fucking being a bitch, if you are having no sex drive, it will, it will 100% impact your relationship without a doubt. And if you don't think it will impact your relationship without a doubt, then I'm sorry, but you got to be living under a rock because it does impact your relationship without a doubt. And if you're one of the lucky ones that get absolutely no symptoms on the pill, fantastic. But let me preface by saying like at the beginning, just because you aren't getting any symptoms does not mean it's not affecting your body. It is affecting your body. It is shutting down that pathway. You still need to up your nutrient stores. You still need to do a massive clear out when you come off the pill and you still need to fix your gut health. So yeah. Um, Let's quickly talk about male birth control and like why is it only women because we have such bad side effects. Was there a men version? There is a man version um, and a trial was done of an injectable male contraception and that was actually suspended after determining that the risks outweighed the benefits for the benefits. So out of the 320 men in the study, 20 men said they couldn't tolerate the side effects, which included like um, pain at the when they did the injection, acne and some depression. Only 20 men. Yep. Just 20 men said they didn't like them, and so the, re- the researchers stopped it. Stopped the um, the research being conducted after, despite it was nine, despite it being 96% effective. So I'm getting tangled over my words. So only 20 men out of 320 men said they didn't like the side effects, and the researchers stopped it, even though the contraception was 96% effective. Okay, and guess what? The side effects are the exact same as women experience, but at a higher rate when taking the pill and other hormonal contraception. So it's the same um, side effects. They, the, the male contraception was the same side effects, but we have them worse. And yet we still put our bodies through this. Let me just say, this is not meaning that men, like, oh, well then men should just go on it. Like, I can't believe it's blah, 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 the whole inequality bull crap. I should have another fucking podcast on that. Although my friend Asti, she's got a good podcast um, that is coming out, that was coming out on the 15th of February. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. And um, I'm on it and I have a really good rant about feminism. So if you want to hear about my rant about feminism, go listen to that. I am not about hating on males. We squished males so much these days and us women have become so dogmatic. This is not about, well, men need to do contraception and blah, blah, blah. Why do women have it like this? Like, this is so unfair. No, let's just nobody be on hormonal contraception with crazy side effects. Let's all just manage, know how to manage our own fertility and not get pregnant without having to shut our bodies full of fake hormones and deal with side effects. Um, one of the other side effects, which is very interesting, is that women have the decreased libido, obviously, on the pill, and men's libido actually increased with um, the contraception that was trialed on then, but yet um, that's not really, I guess, a bad side effect for them, but um, it's interesting that that um, we, we are so okay with having a low libido. Um, you know, over 100 million women worldwide opt for hormonal contraception. Um, which deliver the same and more side effects of the male version, and yet it's still deemed as acceptable and also a class one carcinogen. So I don't really know how the two work out, to be honest. I don't know how an acceptable, like it's smoking is classified as dangerous and it's, you know, the, we've, the messaging is very clear now and that's also a class one, carcin- class one carcinogen. So it's funny how 
the pill is still prescribed by doctors. I don't really see many doctors these days prescribing cigarettes for for people. But anyway, that's um that's one to just leave aside for the moment. Another thing with the pill is that the pill messes with your liver genes. So your liver produces excess excess sex hormone binding globulin, which binds excess hormones together in your body. Um, this protein basically increases your body um, to prote- it increases to protect your body from synthetic hormones. So while the levels may decrease while coming off the pill, research actually speculates that they may never return to pre-pill levels. It's funny how so many things when you're on the pill don't return to pre-pill levels. Um, And there is actually some concern that the birth control pill may actually alter your liver genes to make higher levels of sex hormone binding globulin for the rest of your life. Um, Sex hormone binding globulin also binds up testosterone, which is what gives you the libido. So binding that testosterone up is actually going to decrease your libido. So we do not want that. So testosterone and estrogen help boost your libido and sex hormone binding globulin binds up testosterone, which um, makes your libido a shithouse. Um, the thing with, I guess, so with the research, um, the research on liver and cancer correlation is conflicting. However, I will mention that since the introduction of the pill in 1960s, um, the, the, uh, there was a really, there's been a really big increase in benign liver tumors. They were rarely reported before the pill, um, and now they are much more commonly reported of these benign liver tumors. So I could say there's definitely a correlation between the two, um, but I guess you could also throw in there the, all the other toxic loads we have in there. But then that's my argument of we have so many unavoidable toxins, why throw more fuel to the fire when you can definitely avoid it? Um because the pill at the end of the day is still an endocrine disruptor. And it's so funny how many people, and this is something really to think about, ladies. The amount of women that are on an organic diet, organic chicken, organic beef, grass-fed, organic carrots, blah, 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 organic, organic, and then they're on the pill. I'm like, why waste your money buying organic meat if you're on the pill? Like, you're pumping your body full of hormones. Just fucking buy the cheaper chicken with the hormones. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just silly. And these chemicals and carcinogens in the pill are endocrine disruptors. They've been shown to contribute to diabetes and obesity by affecting your metabolism of your thyroid, um, you know, affecting your thyroid hormone, binding to your um, receptors. It's also even been theorized that the toxins shrink your thymus and that's the organ where immune cells go to mature and figure out like what to do and what not to do in terms of your body. Um, and sorry, figure out what's you and what's not you in terms of your body, the things to fight against and things that not to fight against. And when the thymus shrinks, there's a diminished production of C regulatory, T, T, why did I say T regulatory cells, which is important in regulating the immune system and controlling autoimmunity. So that's also a link between that decreased immune system function and the autoimmune issues because of the shrinkage of the thymus. Um, and then the diminished production of T regulatory cells. Um, so that's sort of a bit of an overview ladies, and I'm going to do more episodes on the pill, but, um, I didn't want to jam pack it too much because I was very aware that I was going to talk for a while and give you a lot of information. And I kind of just don't want to like bombard you. So I'll do more episodes as more things come up, um, around the pill, but I want to also talk about lots more things in the next few episodes. So just some like tips. Um, if you do stay on the pill, you should be doing a detox every three to four months, um, and obviously it's not going to be a full detox because you still have the pill, but it's, it's somewhat supportive to your body. And then when, of course you come off the pill, you do a massive other clean out, gut clear, all that stuff. So, but don't forget that with the word detox, like you detox all the time, it's called your liver. It's just that with your liver being so clogged from the pill, 
it's really hard for it to detox, but it is always working on it. So you don't need to go on some crazy fast or reduce cleanse or any of that stuff. You're always detoxing. But when I say do a detox every three to four months, if you're already like monica version healthy, then you're fine. But um, if you are not monica version healthy, then these are the then you really start need to like do some of these. You need to start really doing some of these things. Don't you just hate it when like your fucking head is just like blocked and you've got no idea why and you can't even talk, the words don't come out of your mouth because you just feel like stuck. That is my fucking head right now. I don't know what's going on with this bloody cold. I don't feel sick. I just fucking sound sick and I'm about to get on a bloody airplane. Anyway, so some of the stuff to do if you aren't already doing this is you need to have a butt fuck ton of veg, like a butt fuck ton of veg so like veggies for dinner veggies for breakfast veggies for lunch veggies for dinner and tons not like some little freaking like side plate of like two pieces of broccoli like I cook two whole trays of vegetables for dinner and I eat the whole entire thing that's how many veggies you need to be having um you need to be doing no sugar no dairy no grains nothing inflammatory so really limiting that for this detox period um limiting any vegetable oil getting rid of sugar even too much natural sugar really trying to reduce stress um, having like a very ton of veggies, bone broth, um, doing the ATP gut right is really good to also just help give your gut a bit of a reset. They also have um, resilience tablets, which are really good to help your liver, which has got like some frankincense and turmeric and reishi and like really great um, things that also help you just flush out and that sort of stuff. But then in terms of supplements, you also need to be having supplements to support your body, both on the pill when you're doing a little detox and then off the pill. So some of the supplements um, are like glutathione, which is an antioxidant, uh, N-acetylcysteine, milk thistle, DIM, calcium D-glucarate, and um, lots of like dandelion. I make a really good like elixir, which is on my website. If you just type in elixir on my search bar, you'll see it. It's a cacao, turmeric, and dandy elixir, and it's fantastic. Um, if you – and then – so they're the things that you want to be doing when you are trying to do a little detox on the pill just to help give your body a little bit of support where possible and really making sure that you're upping your nutrients um, – so that you are getting, you know, those nutrients that are getting depleted. So things like the folate, the magnesium, the B vitamins, the selenium, the zinc, um, all that jazz, you need to be making sure that you're having plenty of those things to just help your body out where possible. In terms of acne, when you're on the pill and then off the pill. So when you're on the pill, the reason why the acne is reduced is because the pill reduces testosterone. So it lowers oil production, which is why it can be effective at limiting acne. And I've also talked about in a previous episode with hormonal acne about how it's like a plug for your skin. Um, But the problem is the pill doesn't fix it. So the body is always going to heal your more important organs before your skin. And the pill is also very inflammatory to your gut, which I've already said a million at one times. It suppresses your healthy hormones, obviously, and it burdens the liver. And that's also going to clog everything up to produce the acne when you come off the pill. So the things you need to start with when you come off the pill and even when you're coming off the pill, that's why I'm really big on like you, when you, before you come off the pill, you need to be doing all of these things before you come off it to help make that transition period easier. And I'm actually going to be hosting a workshop, an online workshop, all about coming off the hormonal birth control, uh, coming, coming off hormonal birth control and the pill especially. So if you are wanting to come off it, this would be a really fantastic online workshop for you to come to. Make sure that you um, uh, subscribe to my email list and follow me on Instagram because I'll put out the dates and stuff when I um, got my shit together to put it out. Uh, but I will be doing that. So make sure you look out for that because you will have all the actionable tips, tricks, amounts of things to be taking, plans, all that jazz to really just like kick it in the ass. Um, so things that you want to start making sure that you're doing when you're coming off birth control is for your acne, is healing your gut, lots of healthy fats, no dairy, really clearing up your cosmetics, increasing zinc from the diet. So 
beets, carrots, egg yolks, um, pecans, pumpkin seeds, red meat, shellfish, oysters, all of those things. Make sure that you're also having enough omega-3 fatty acids. Vitex can be really helpful. Eating fluids with um, GLA. So GLA reduces prostaglandins, which can combat, can combat acne and cramps. Um, making sure that you're um, also having lots of turmeric, so high-dose turmeric tablets. If you live in Australia, and I think they even have in America, Golden Grind, they have really good high-dose turmeric tablets. You can have two of those a day. Um, you can also try uh, licorice root, but don't have that if you have high blood pressure. Um, and then also there's something called um, sore palmetto, palmetto. And this herb can basically prevent testosterone from converting into DHA which is dihydrotestosterone, and that causes acne. So that's also a really great herb to try. Um, now, let me go on to some Q&As because I want to nut them out before this episode goes for way too long and your brains are about to fucking explode like a champagne bottle. Okay, first question, I'm going to go from the bottom. Um, when taking the pill, Yasmin, I put on 10 kilograms. What causes this? So this is that excess estrogen, the, the inflammation, the um, your thyroid getting disrupted, the gut inflammation. You probably already figured this out by all watching it. Um, the liver clogging. So and the estrogen. Remember, when you have too much estrogen, um, especially the bad estrogens, um, so that can also increase the amount of um, what are they called? like fatty cells, fatty, fat deposits, that's the word, fatty deposits around your butt's hip, your butt hip butts. Do you have two butts? Okay, yeah, I have two butts too. That will increase the fatty deposits around your butt, butt, hip, thighs, that sort of stuff. Um, but the biggest thing with the pill is that because it disrupts your metabolism so much and causes so much inflammation and disruption to your thyroid, that's what's going to make a really, really, going to take a really big toll on your body and then um, putting on the extra weight as well. And a lot of it would be um, in inflammation as well. Thoughts on the copper? The next question is from Miss Jenna Rose. Uh, thoughts on the copper IUD marina? Some of my gals switching to it and I'm skeptical. So um, so the thing is if you are wanting to go on the copper IUD, generally speaking, women's periods will get very heavy and quite painful for the first like eight to 12 months and then it will subside. The thing about the copper IUD, if you don't find that it's really painful in the beginning, um, that's great. Um, you just don't, you want to be careful because of the copper and you don't want to have copper toxicity. So that's just something that you really want to consider. And you've made me think about, I will do a um, podcast episode about the difference between the copper IUD and the marina and stuff, um, because that's a really good topic to talk about. So thanks, Miss Jenna Rose. I will make sure to do that one really soon. But basically the copper IUD, if you're using it for hormonal contraception, please watch my, listen to my previous episode um, about you can't get pregnant at any time. Um, and if you're using it, remember, if you're using it for a hormonal imbalance also, and like covering up a symptom, it's covering up a symptom. It's still not going to fix it. So honestly, any hormonal contraception, I'm like, why do you need it? Because you're not addressing any great problem. And if it's for preventative, preventing pregnancy um you can also prevent it using the fertility awareness method you can use it you know and then in combination with with condoms with um the pull-out method you know we've got diaphragms and caps and all that sort of stuff um so those are things to also be looking into for non-hormonal contraceptive method methods um a more nourishing life oh hey phoebe she's one of my clients um how the fuck to recover from the pill what's going off it so Phoebe, make sure that you come to my online workshop and I can talk to you about it in my session, but make sure if you are wondering about how the fuck to recover from the pill once you're off it, I will do another podcast on it, a little bit on it, but make sure that you come to my online workshop. 
because um, I don't know what I'm going to be doing on the podcast. I've got so many bloody ideas. Um, but make sure, the really big things is that gut health, the liver health, doing a ginormous fucking detox and really upping your nutrient stores. They are the most important first steps to be doing to get your body to recover once you come off the pill. Um, how are synthetic hormones different from our natural body ones? Um, I've kind of covered that in today's episode, so hopefully that covered it. It's just like way higher dose and the chemical structure isn't actually the same. So for example, like progesterone, our natural occurring progesterone in our body, it's like got an anti-anxiety, antidepressant, anti-inflammatory effect. But, um, but, oh my God, I'm a total mind blank. What's the, um, the fake progesterone? Pregnenolone. Um, found in like the combination pill and stuff that literally pretty much does the opposite so basically think of like our natural hormones do good things and the um the pills the hormones in the pill generally speaking do exactly the opposite um they look very similar in terms of their chemical structure but they are not the same so that's what's really important to note with that um why don't we next question is jess hollingsworth why don't we hear about the pill fucking us up from gps and health professionals really great question jess uh, a lot of the time it's because they're not actually educated about it in um university and it's really pushed under the rug in terms of the side effects so it's you know the whole like oh well, it's only one in a million so it's like a one in a million women like one in a 100,000 or whatever it's for that particular like risk you know oh it's only the one in blah so they just think it's not going to be you but my argument is always but what if it is you like what if it is so you don't want that but also um gps and i've heard from this on like podcasts and lectures and that sort of stuff where you know gps that have studied are now doing preventative medicine and like more holistic stuff they've actually said that it, at uni um they are taught like if a woman comes in with a hormonal hormonal issue they aren't taught like you know oh what natural remedies could they use they are actually taught what is going to be the quote-unquote most effective hormonal birth control in order to either quote make quote-unquote make the problem go away or quote-unquote prevent pregnancy and so um, they typically will actually prescribe like the IUD or something because that's got like a basically 99% um, like perfect use rate because like you can't like forget to take it or whatever like you can the pill because their idea of like a job well done with inverted commas job well done is like preventing pregnancy and masking symptoms and they don't even really know they're masking symptoms they just know that like oh well her life's better so it's fine but also don't forget that like you know doctors can be paid commission for these things they are about an in and out like get the job done I mean a doctor's appointment in Australia is 15 minutes that's fucking ridiculous 15 minutes is not long enough to fully understand a client's case that's why my intro session with clients are an hour and a half and they and they send me all these forms beforehand that they fill out with all their info and stuff because the bottom line is I don't like doing the fluffy shit where it's boring in the first session. Like, let's get to the crux of it, but I need to know your full story before then. Hence all the forms, but also hence the long session. So even though we might spend 20 minutes, half an hour at the beginning, like just building rapport and like me getting to know your story, um, we can really get into it. And we've got plenty of time after that to get into it. And we're not like getting to the juicy stuff. And then like, I'm like, oh, time's up, bye. Like, that's not how it works. And also like I have discovery calls and stuff. So I get to know my client before we actually start. Like that's all for a purpose. Um, so the reason why we don't hear about the pill fucking us up from GPs and health professionals is literally because they're not trained to. So they generally speaking are not trying to hurt us in any way. It's just that they aren't trained in this area and that's why they're not really told about this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I've had pretty bad horror stories from clients in terms of like their doctors being like, no, you're not allowed to get off the pill or like, you know, like getting yelled at from, for wanting to go off the pill or being told they can't get their IUD out and it's like, it's your body, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. That's, yeah. Um, the divine princess underscore 
post pill hair loss slash fallout and why this happens, please. Thank you for also the little cute emoji. So hair loss, this is really common when you're coming off the pill and it's a sign of a deeper hormonal imbalance. So the sort of test that you want to be doing for if you experience hair loss um, after the pill is you want to be doing a complete blood blood count and ferritin blood test. So both these tests screen for iron deficiency and when your iron dips, hair loss can occur. Uh, you want to be able to get a full thyroid panel done so that not, not, not just the TSH, but like reverse T3, T4, uh, antibodies, like quite a few different, the whole, you got the whole entire thyroid panel done and doctors often won't actually do that. So you'll need to probably go to a naturopath or like I do really put your foot down for your doctor because I don't love them budge um, because you'll have to pay for some of them. But like, I'm like, so if I'm paying for it, shut the fuck up and give me what the results that I want. Like it happens way too often where I will like hear about it from clients or it's happened to me twice where I've asked like a full thyroid panel, all the antibodies, reverse T3, blah, blah, blah. And Medicaid in Australia doesn't cover those things. It only covers THS. So then they don't do it. Even though I have requested and I've said I will pay, I will get the results back and they haven't fucking run it. And I will have a massive go out there and be like, this is unacceptable. Well, you don't have a thought, you're not on thyroid medication. So therefore we don't do it. And I'm like, bitch, if I'm going to pay you $100 to do the test, guess what? You're going to do the effing test. So send your power, put your foot down. You could ask what you want and don't let these doctors bully you. And this is a generalization. There's obviously great doctors out there, but there are some really mean doctors. Do not let them bully you because they have their little bit of power and they love abusing it. That's my rant. Okay. You also want to get like anti-nuclear antibodies done. Oh, that's the blood test. Celiac panel. Um, those sort of things screen for um, autoimmunity. Also, Cyrex Array 5 screens for autoimmunity. Um, you want to get high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. Um, you want to also do like a total and free testosterone. Um, you also want to do like your dihydro um, testosterone because tes- testosterone can cause women to lose their hair and elevated testosterone may also be due to hormonal imbalances from PCOS. So also look at that. But also with PCOS, there's also post-pill PCOS. PCOS can go away and I'm going to do another episode on that. But just a little quick preface that if, you don't, if your doctor says you have PCOS, don't think this is the end of the world because you probably have post-pill PCOS, which goes away. Because when you're on the pill, it looks like you have PCOS in terms of like um, your hormones and how fucked they are. Um, so also you want to get your FSH tested, your LH, estrogen and progesterone, obviously. You want to also look at your sex hormone binding globulin because this protein grabs onto excess hormones. And if it's low, then your free testosterone may be elevated as a result. Um, cortisol and DHEA sulfate. Um, if cortisol is too high or DHEA sulfate is too low, you will visibly, um, you'll like more, more visibly age quickly and that can include hair loss. So also get that one tested. Um, you also probably want to get a, uh, what's it called? A, um, a comprehensive metabolic panel. So this is really good baseline to check your liver and kidney function as well as the balance of your electrolytes. Um, you also want to do, oh yeah, a fasting insulin, fasting blood glucose, blue, oh my God, I can't talk, fasting blood glucose and hemoglobin AC1. Um, and also maybe get a heavy metal test as well, just, just to make sure that all of those are in line with hair loss when coming off the pill. And in terms of what to do about hair loss when coming off the pill, the big things are like iron, vitamin B, um, vitamins are really involved in um, the metabolic pathways in your body. So you want to make sure that you're taking a really high quality vitamin B that contains B12 and folate, not folic acid, you want folate. Um, adaptogenic herbs can also be really good at regulating your cortisol and balancing your hormones overall, which can help with the hair loss. Um, ACV, so apple cider vinegar also helps with the absorption of vitamins and minerals, which should help with your, um, hair loss in case your gut is not absorbing the vitamins and minerals. 
Uh, pumpkin seeds are great for zinc, which is also really important. Um, having chicken liver is really good for your iron. It's the best way to get your iron up. Don't take an iron tablet. You'll just get fucking constipated. You want to make sure that you're having a really absorbable, good quality source of iron, which is found in uh, liver. And liver is also full of B vitamins. So um, make sure you go to my website and you can get my um, chicken liver spag bowl recipe, which is basically just like a combo of like mince and liver and you can't even taste it. But it works like a gem and I can't recommend it enough. In fact, I'm about to cook some for dinner after I finish recording this episode. Um, make sure you're having enough essential fatty acids. Also for your hair, um, freshly ground flax seeds also increases sex hormone binding globulin, which binds excess hormones. Um, so that would also be really good to try. You can have like two teaspoons daily of freshly ground flax seeds. Don't buy them ground. You need to grind them at home. Um, and then also make sure that you're exercising for like increased circulation, which will help, which will also help with your, um, with your circulation to your scalp. So a quick little note on hair loss, actually. If it's patchy hair loss, that's a cortisol imbalance or deficiency in B vitamins or zinc or heavy metal exposure. If it's thinning of the hair, that's a hormonal imbalance like thyroid issues. Um, if it's total body hair loss, then you want to be looking at like uh, blood sugar regulation, DHEA, um, or circulation issues. If it's at the top of the head, you want to be looking at like testosterone, progesterone, cortisol, or estrogen that's out of balance. And if it's like balding all over, which I really, really hope it's not, but if it is, you want to be looking at poor circulation or deficiency in protein, um, essential fatty acids, B vitamins, um, silicon or zinc is the sort of stuff that you want to be looking at. Next question. Uh, so why do symptoms slowly develop sometimes over 10 years? So everybody is different, obviously, with their symptoms, but obviously your uh, liver's now reached a point where it's like, fuck this shit, and now the symptoms are showing up. So it's just really different for every single woman, which is the unfortunate thing because some women are really great on the pill, and then their friends are like, cool, I'll be good too, and it gets really frustrating when they're not. So um, bottom line is when the symptoms are showing up, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden your liver is clogged and therefore you know, going off the pill for three months is going to fix it. It's still like you've been on the pill for 10 years. That's a long time and your liver's really been taking a hit. Um, haven't been on the, the next question is, haven't been on the pill for five years. Roughly my cycle is 21 to 40 to 24 days top. So annoying. That is low progesterone. If you want to learn more about low progesterone, make sure that you get my turning off a period problems program because all the solutions to that and the explanation to that question is in there. And that was from Steph Lee Stav. Um, so Steph, make sure that you get my turning off your period problems program because all your problems will be answered in there. And I think you've actually messaged me before about anxiety. And if your cycle is that short, that shows to me the low progesterone. Um, and it, it totally correlates with the loving, with the anxiety issues, because if you don't have enough progesterone, you'll have anxiety issues. I've actually written a, um, quite a true ring, but true Instagram post a while back about, you know, how anxiety could be the result of just hormonal imbalance. And that's the low progesterone. Uh, peanut butter um, is the person that sent me a message, but spelt P-N-U-T underscore B-U-T-T-R, like shortened. I don't know, that really has no relevance. I don't know why I fucking just said that. Um, is there any health side effects of prolonged use of the pill? I've been on it for over 10 years. Well, actually, I answered all that in there, so now you know. Um, Alyssa Rising, how long does it take to recover after you stop taking the pill? So your liver can take a fucking long time to fully regenerate. So if you're coming off the pill, you want to be giving your body a good year to fully recover. That's why I also said like it's so important that um, when you come off the pill before you have a baby, like really leaving that's 12 months. Like the longer you've been on, the longer you want to wait as well because the more 
um, your body's going to be depleted and clogged. So um, really, the longer you can, the better. But um, if you've been on it for, say, like, you know, 10 years, you want to be doing a serious clean out, a really serious clean out. You've probably gotten the gist anyway, Alyssa, from this episode. But um, basically, you want to be leaving yourself a good year to recover from the pill. And when I say a year, I also mean that year you've been doing everything I've talked about today. You, um, you know, your hormones are back on track. You've gotten the the appropriate blood tests and stuff to test that. But more than that, you've also done a massive liver te- cleanse. You've eaten a ton of brassica vegetables. You've cleared out all the excess, excess estrogen and you've been on supplements for a good like six months to really help boost those nutrient stores. So um, I hope that helps. But yeah, it's not just about going off the pill and then just being doing everything that you were doing still. It's about you need to come off the pill and then act accordingly. So all the stuff that we talked about today is what you need to start doing. Okay, so those are the questions that you guys sent through on my Instagram. Um, I hope you guys learned a lot from today. I know it was jam packed with like a ton of info, but I just wanted, I wanted to really elaborate on the impact the pill does have on your body. So, um, I will do more episodes about the pill and that sort of stuff. As per usual, I would love for you guys to subscribe and give you a little rating if you haven't already, but, um, make sure that you look out for my workshop. That's going to be online. So it'll be run on zoom, which is like video chat. So you can be in bed in your pajamas eating breakfast if you want to be, uh, when I do the online pro online, um, workshop it'll be about a two-hour workshop really in depth about coming off the birth control and heavy periods so it'll be coming off birth control and heavy periods because the two of them have the same uh solutions um is what it will be about and actually at any really like really just horrendous periods altogether you could also join basically any period problems to be honest they're all correlated to generally the same things so if you've got any uh period issues make sure you come to the workshop because it'll be really it'll be really good for you to be able to ask me all your questions but also it'll be an in-depth two-hour thing and you will walk away with actionable steps to start doing um and you'll also get a recording so you can go back and listen to it again um so make sure you keep an eye out for that um so that you can buy your tickets and you don't miss out because there will only be limited available seats um available on the thing i think it will only be able to hold about 30 so really not many at all so make sure that you are following me on instagram or you are on my email list so that you get the emails um when i put it out but it will be around about the beginning of april so keep an eye out for that otherwise i hope you guys got a lot out of today's episode Um, and I will talk to you very shortly. Have a great evening, morning, day, wherever you are. And again, sorry for this like blocked up nose situation. I hope I didn't sound too nasally and disgusting. Well, thank you again for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I hope that you got lots of nuggets out of today's show. Uh, Please, please, please. I would be really grateful if you could leave me a review so that more women can find the podcast and therefore I can help more women understand their period and fix their period problems. Because after all, it's a much nicer life to live when we actually love our cycle because we do have to um, keep up with it every single month. Also, if you have any friends or loved ones that you think will enjoy my podcast, I'd be super grateful if you could send it to them as well, just to share the love. And that's it for now. So I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are.